Good morning, this is Chris Shoemaker, also known as Yehuda Ben Shomer, and you're listening to Coffee with Chris, the time of the day where we share a cup of coffee and share a bit of the Word of God. All right, we are on our fifth Aliyah, our fifth Sidra of our Torah portion called Kitissa, and we're in Exodus chapter 34, and we're going to be covering verses 1 through 9. Now, have you ever been uh, in a store or uh, been in an, uh, another town or another country and you're in a tour shop and there's a sign right where the merchandise is and it says, you break it, you buy it, or you break, you buy, you know, something simple like that. Well, this is what this Torah portion reminds me of, where Moses breaks the two tablets of stone that God had written the Ten Words, the Ten Commandments on himself. So it says in uh, Exodus chapter 34, verse 1, Adonai said to Moses, Carve for yourself two tablets of stone like the first ones. Now, it's interesting. The first time God carved these stones out himself, he, he wrote the ten words. And the way the Hebrew is, is that the, the letters were on the front and the back. So it's not just he carved it in stone. He carved right through the stone to where you could see through it. So, you know, it was kind of like, um, you know, one of those little little plastic, uh, um, you know, sketch things, you know, where you can uh, uh, make designs and, and, and it's like a stencil. That's what, that's what I'm trying to say is like a stencil. Uh, so it says, Adonai said to Moses, carve for yourself two tablets of stone like the first ones, and I will write upon them the words that were on the first tablet, which you broke. <laughs> so like when you break something, you have to replace it. That's a Torah principle, and that's a principle that we grew up with, that if you break something of someone else's, you have to somehow make good. You have to replace it, either make them a new one or buy them a new one or what or what have you. So in this case, <laughs> Moses broke the Ten Commandments, the tablets, the two tablets of stone that God himself made. And so uh, he says, all right, Moses, look, you have to replace them. You know, I did the hard work and carved out the first set. You've got to carve out the second set, but I will still write up on it like I did the first ones. And it kind of reminds me that that as a result of this, God allowed Moses to participate in creation in the sense that, you know, they worked together to bring the tablets to the children of Israel. Now, the rabbis say, why did Moses break the tablets? Moses broke the tablets instead of breaking the people. And Moses broke the tablets so that God wouldn't break the people because they deserved, I mean, they broke the commandments even before they were brought down from the mountain. But here we see uh, Moses and God work together to bring the two tablets of, of stone, the Ten Commandments, to the children of Israel. And I think that's a very beautiful picture and a beautiful thing where Moses partners with God. Moses carves out the tablets and God carves the uh, um, the Ten Commandments in those tablets that Moses carved out. Be ready by morning. Come up to Sinai and present yourself to me on the top of the mountain. No one is to come with you, and don't let anyone be seen through the entire mountain, throughout the entire mountain. Even flocks and herds must not graze in front of the mountain. So he carved two tablets of stone like the first. Then Moses rose up early in the morning, went up onto Mount Sinai as Adonai had commanded him. And he took in his hand the two tablets of stone. Then Adonai descended in a cloud and stood with him there. And he called on the name of Adonai. Then Adonai passed before him and proclaimed, Adonai, Adonai, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth, 
showing mercy to thousands of generations and forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, yet <clears throat> by no means leaving the guilty unpunished, but bringing the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children to the third and fourth generation. This, verses uh, 6 and 7, are called the 13 attributes of God. And this is a passage that is prayed every single morning by Orthodox Jews. And, you know, it kind of amazes me that people try to make God uh, in the Torah and in the Tanakh, the Old Testament, to be an angry, wrathful, bloodthirsty God. Like he's some kind of different God than the New Testament God. It's just all love and sunshines and rainbows and kittens. But it's the same God. God says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I change not. And this is right after the sin of the golden calf. And God is wanting to emphasize, you know what? You guys deserve to be wiped out. You guys deserve to be toast. Uh, you know, you, you, you broke the Ten Commandments even before that they, they, they were presented to you. But instead of being wrathful and angry, God says, Adonai, Adonai, the compassionate and gracious God. Grace is given because somebody wants to give it. Grace is not given because it's deserved. So God is saying the compassionate, the gracious God, slow to anger. Yeah, I was mad and I could have wiped you out, but I curbed my enthusiasm. Slow to anger and abundant in kindness and truth. Abundant means more than necessary. More than necessary loving kindness and truth. God is a God of truth. Showing mercy. Oh, indeed, he showed mercy. He showed mercy to Adam and Eve. He could have killed them, but he kicked them out of the garden so that it couldn't have access to the tree of life in order to eat of it and then live in a sinful state separated from God for forever because they had already taken the the tree of uh, forbidden fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So there's there's mercy there, showing mercy to thousand generations, forgiving iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness, and that's exactly what the children of Israel displayed was lawlessness, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, yet by no means leaving the guilty unpunished. Oh, the People that worship the golden calf, you know, they 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 were punished, but and not really the way they deserved. Yet by no means leaving the guilty unpunished. He's like, even though I'm loving, I'm compassionate, I'm truthful, I'm gracious, I'm forgiving. Don't take advantage of that, and don't take that for granted because I don't leave the guilty unpunished. But bringing the iniquities, the lawlessness of the fathers upon the children, in other words, the consequences. We all have consequences. If we eat sugary stuff and never brush our teeth, our teeth are going to rot out of our head and we're going to have cavities, etc., etc. That's a consequence of not brushing your teeth, a consequence of eating nothing but sugary things. So he's saying the lawlessness and the iniquities of the fathers, the consequences of such, the consequences of those decisions that the fathers made are going to have to be um, uh, um, dealt with or, or experienced by the children and upon the children's children to the third and fourth generation. It's lucky he's stopping there and doesn't let that go on forever. So that's mercy right there too. Verse 8, then Moses quickly bowed his head down to the earth and worshipped. He said, if now I have found grace in your eyes, my Lord, let my Lord please go within our midst, even though this, this is a stiff-necked people. Pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for your inherit for your own inheritance. Moses, he didn't participate in the sin of the golden calf, but look what he says. Pardon our iniquity, our lawlessness. Moses stands in the gap for the children of Israel, and he counts himself among them and says, oh, I didn't do what they did. He says, no, pardon our iniquity and our sin 
and take us from uh, take us for your own inheritance. So this kind of reminds me of Daniel, Daniel chapter nine. Daniel is repenting of the sin that caused uh, Judah to go into 70 years of Babylonian exile. He says, we have sinned. We have acted shame, shamefully. So Daniel's including himself, even though he didn't participate. So the notes that I have here is that God wants us to participate with him in creation. Um, you know, this is called tikkun olam. This is called fixing the world. We need to do everything that we can on our part to make right wrongs in this world. Whether we do the, the do the wrong or or somebody else does the wrong, we need to tikkun olam, partner with God in fixing the world. And um, in this, we are participating with God in creation. God spoke everything in into creation. He created us in His image. Therefore, we are creators too, and we can we can build up or destroy simply by our words. We can encourage or discourage, build up, tear down, uh, create, destroy by our words, just like God did. And He wants us to be encouraging and to participate in creation and building things up and this reminds me of what it says in matthew chapter 5 verses 13 through 16 is that uh god wants us to be salt and light he wants us to be he wants us to be salt to preserve what is right what is good and he wants us to be light to show people the way to him to be salt and light and in this way we can participate with god in creation guys thanks so much for listening go out there and have a great day shalom and